Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, And on our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text Line, Farmer New Orleans Saint Scott Shanley. Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, finally, um, it looks to be settled. Sean going to Denver. One of the things I'm going to ask you before you, you comment on Sean the Broncos is what made him special as a head coach? Because you, you've been in locker rooms with different coaches, very successful coaches, but what made him such a, a top-flight NFL coach? Well, I think there's there's just certain people who have a way of being uh, being leaders in front of grown men. I think I think it's it's a very rare ability, and and I think there's sometimes where you see great college coaches go to the NFL and they struggle and they have to go back or or just can't quite make it. And it's it's a completely different world. When you're standing in front of grown men, you know, there's there's kids in the room too. There's 20-year-olds and there's 34-year-olds. There's guys with families. There's all sorts of different variables. And for you to be able to relate across all those different uh, avenues of people you're standing in front of, Sean had that. And from the moment I got to New Orleans, I obviously knew him when he was an offense coordinator with Dallas and we practiced against one another and he didn't have a whole a vital role in, in speaking in front of us as Dallas Cowboys. But when he was in front of our room with the New Orleans Saints, you knew who the leader was. You knew who the guy was and you knew that when he he spoke and he walked into a room, you believed and trusted in everything he said. When he stood in front of you every week and told you but I still tell people, like, some of the most exciting things was going into a, a weekly game plan. You finish with the 49ers, now you're going to play the Browns. And you show up on Wednesday, and he stands in front of the room and says, this is how we're going to win this game. And every week was different. He had a different way that we were going to have to attack that team to win that game or what we were going to have to do. And he just had a special quality of knowing what to say, when to say it, how to say it. Uh, the best motivating coach I've ever been around. Obviously, we know what he can do with X's and O's, and, and I think – He's just a very rare guy who I think that we were lucky to be a part of and be a part of his rooms for as many years as we were. Your thoughts of him going to Denver? Um, you know, my dad used to have a, a comment all the time about, hey, when you got something messed up, uh, yeah, the young guy or the young lady, they might be able to fix it. But you better bring in somebody that's got experience and has done it, been there, walked down that aisle before. And I think for Denver – with so much they gave up for Russell Wilson, they got to make this work. And I think part of it is experience on Sean's part, but also, too, can he fix Russell Wilson? Well, I think and, those are the two big and, keys and, there. And, and Scott, yeah, along those, yeah. uh, Scott, along those lines, I mean, uh, Sean has to think. 
I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, it wasn't like, you know, a decade ago that uh, Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. And then you look at when Drew Brees got to New Orleans, dealing with the shoulder injury, that he could point him in the right direction to have success. Because Russell Wilson has to work out for Denver, where they haven't invested in him. And um, to me, it's all on Russell Wilson, because I know Sean's going to point him in the right direction. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, there's a, there's a few factors there. And, and I think when you're a Denver, you're a Denver Broncos owner, and you sit there and you watch Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> and you watch the Chiefs go to another Super Bowl, yeah. you're sitting there saying, why are we not going out and getting the best? And, and really, you sit there and you watch that AFC Championship game and say, why would we mess around? I think D'Amico Ryan's going to be a great coach. He's obviously going to Houston Texans. But, but he's an unknown. You don't know if he can be a good head coach. You go out, you get the hottest guy on the market. You have to give up draft picks. You don't have to give up draft picks for D'Amico Ryan's. But I think in that ownership group, they sat there and they watched Mahomes and said, we paid Russell a lot of money. He's going to be here. Let's go out and get a guy who helped Drew Brees you know, be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And if Russell Wilson can't work out under those circumstances, then we got to find a new quarterback. And, and I think that is their thinking, is, is they have to go out and get the best because they're in a division where they're going to be in, in a dogfight every single week. Now, uh, you know, Scott, along those lines, uh, when you look at uh, Russell Wilson, uh, I mean, do you still have hope in him? Uh, because I think he didn't forget how to play, and you could be pressing. Yeah. You got this unbelievable yeah. contract, and you got to make it work. But it's not like the cupboard's bare uh, for Denver. I think defensively uh, that when you look at uh, where they can be and what they can accomplish, Sean's aware of that, even though it is the AFC West and how competitive that's going to be. I mean, uh, would you be shocked if all of a sudden – uh, that Denver's not in contention. And what I mean, like, okay, he's got different clauses probably. Do I go to the playoffs? Uh, do, do I win my division? Uh, what do I do division round? Uh, do, can I get to AFC Championship? Can I get to the Super Bowl? I don't know what his contract is and what they paid him. If they paid him $20 Because you remember the rumor was out there, uh, like, I don't know what owner said, but they said, okay, Sean, we'll give you uh, $20 million if you win a Super Bowl. But I think he'll have incentives that he'll definitely be in that number around there. Scott, the other thing is, if I'm Sean, wouldn't I make that first phone call to Steve Wilkes and say, hey, listen, uh, you come run my defense here. (laughs) If I'm Wilkes, I take a good look at that defense, which has been a top five defense over the last couple years, and Vic did a great job with it uh, when he was there. Man, I start to think about that because one thing with Sean, he always gave autonomy to that defensive coordinator. That guy ran the show. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the one thing that you start thinking about is is what assistant coaches with the Saints could end up being in Denver. Um, you know, players, there's going to be a lot of uh, players that he's going to inquire with Mickey about bringing to Denver, and there could be more draft compensation on the way. And I think you're right. When you look out there, you have to go out and get a premier defensive coordinator, especially in that division. We just talked about Mahomes. You're going to play against the Chargers, have a franchise quarterback, the Raiders. They have Devontae Adams. So you're going to play against really good people every single week. You better have a defensive coordinator who can take advantage of the talent that you have. Because Denver, Denver does have good talent. They really do. They have good talent at the on the defense. They have good receivers. And it's really, just like we talked about, um, getting a good coaching staff put in place that that works well with the type of scheme you're going to run is probably going to be the same thing. But, you know, there's other variables involved too. Like 
you're in Denver now. You're going to be playing outdoors on grass. You're not in the dome. Like, how much of your offense can you continually do the same that, that you did with Drew inside a dome? So there's going to be other variables as far as, as w- knowing what do you want to do defensively because of the type of personnel you have. And so it, I agree with you, though. That's a long answer to give you to say that I think Steve Wilkes, you know, they absolutely should inquire about him. Well, uh, you know... Uh, well, I know he's going to San Francisco first. That might be enticing, too. Well, well, the, the, <laughs> the thing is, uh, I know he was the head coach there, but I know Sean really liked Vic Fangio, but now he's with the Dolphins. Now he's with the Dolphins. But he wouldn't, you know, he was just a head coach there and go back there. So, uh, Sean is going to get the best staff that that uh, and he has that stroke. I think he has that, that much respect. And coaches know that if I go there, I will have success with him. Another thing, too, is his money. Uh, because what changes a head coach? Because you're almost like an Army brat, Scott. I think you'd agree that you you got to move around. But if somebody's willing to pay you a lot more money to be an assistant somewhere else, hey, uh, it's not taking a lot of arm twisting to get you to go there. You have one of the richest owners in sports with Rob Walton that's willing to cut that check to, and I'm sure that those type situations were talked before Sean was even hot. Well, it's got like Mike saying, who's a richer owner than Rob Walton? Yeah. I don't know. Forbes magazine, he's worth $61 billion. And, and that's after inflation. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was no, in the no, 70s before. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's tons of guys. Because when you look at it, it's not like every position group has one assistant coach. It's not like you just have one right. linebacker's coach. There's assistants to the assistants. So there's guys who are trying to climb the coaching ladder, really good coaches. I'm sure there's going to be coaches in the Saints organization that Sean wants to promote and hire, and, and the Saints will allow those guys to continue to climb the ladder. And, and like I said before, there's probably players. There's players that Sean's going to call Mickey and say, hey, I believe in this guy. I want him. You guys have a, you know, $57 million over the cap. You need some help. So there's going to be a lot more action between those two organizations, um, you know, when it comes to coaching personnel and player personnel. Now, uh, Scott, uh, the, you being in, uh, living in Dallas now, uh, uh, in cowgirl country, so so what's well, going on? At least on? those rumors are in, uh, right, Scott? Uh, uh, yeah, so, so, about so, Peyton yeah. to the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. So what's going on there? All of a sudden, okay. Uh, uh, he's going to be the scapegoat. We got a fire offensive coordinator. He gets fired. I mean, he gets hired like in less than twenty four hours, and now with the charges. I mean, what? Well, what was up yeah. with that? You heard the bump as they <laughs> ran over him. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And I think, I, you know, when Mike McCarthy took the job, we all knew he was the call in the plays in, in Green Bay. Did a great job. They had really good offenses with Aaron Rodgers. And then when he came to, to Dallas, it really kind of shocked me. But they they really liked Kellen Moore. He was a young up and comer. But you know how it's, it's, it's a CYA league. You know, you're going to fire people to, to maintain your status as long as you can. And, and it was one of those things where I'm sure McCarthy didn't like some of the things that Kellen was doing, especially when Dak started turning the ball over. But, you know, to answer your question, right now in Dallas, here's where they are in Dallas. For years, even this year, we, I, I had to listen to Sean Payton's going to be our coach. Sean Payton's going to be our coach. Well, here's where they are right now. They're in the grieving stage. So what they're doing is they're putting up Sean's resume and they're putting up Mike McCarthy's resume and saying, hey, look, look, look at the win percentage. Hey, look, one Super Bowl. So they're all feeling better now that they didn't get Sean because they think Mike McCarthy's resume is just as good as Sean. So that's what they're doing right now all over Dallas to make themselves feel better. Well, uh, we got a text here, uh, Scott. I would not. Uh, I think this could come about. Uh, now, a contract always has to come about or a player's salary. Uh, this is from uh, 4809. Uh, there we go. 
uh, trade Michael Thomas to Denver. No, you can't trade him. Uh, you cut him because uh, the salary cap implications. And I know Sean Payton and Michael Thomas, as a player, I'm telling you, as a player, you always think like, oh, what was my greatest season? Was it an under Sean Payton? And I was who, who and, made me uh, look uh, good? Okay, I was NFL Offensive Player <laughs> of the Year. So I would not be surprised if like a Michael Thomas would end up in Denver. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think he's the obvious answer when you think of guys who could end up going from black and yeah. gold up there to to Denver. But you know, you know, when this whole thing started, I wanted Sean to go to Houston Texans. Houston has tons of draft capital. You were going to end up with probably a top ten pick. They have they have tons of draft capital in the next two years. Two first round picks, and. So that was my hope because I thought the Saints could have really benefited from the Houston Texans draft picks. I'm not real excited about this because really you end up with a 29th overall or 30th overall pick. That's like an early second, second rounder. Yeah, right. yeah. The, the the second and third that though the second round they gave us and we give them a third. That's a wash to me. I'm like it, it's it's whatever. So really you gave Sean Payton away for for a late first round pick, but it's better than nothing, right? So I, I think it, it depends what you do with that first round pick. Are you going to maneuver trade up in the draft? But uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if we get that third round back, pick back. Is there a player on our roster that maybe Mickey says, "Hey, you can have this player if you give us our third round pick back next year"? And I think there's going to end up being a Saint or two that ends up being a Denver Bronco. Well, you know, another player because uh, he's going to be suspended. Uh, watch Alvin Kamara. Uh, you know, Sean found Alvin Kamara. You remember at Tennessee the workout? He wasn't even going to yeah. work out. Alvin Kamara. Oh, well, what about this guy? And then uh, Alvin, yep. Sean found Alvin Kamara. Mike, what was he, a third-round pick? Yeah, he went work out Josh Dobbs uh, 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 at Tennessee. Uh, uh, okay. And he was looking for a guy to work out with him. And it ended up being Alvin. No, and they uh, traded up in round three, giving up a second-round so pick. So watch what's going to happen. You know, we think right now for sure six-game suspension. The big guy in the sky, not in the sky, in the elevator, don't lie, whatever. And then you look six, seven, eight-game suspension. But you have to think more long-term. You have to think beyond 2023. Look at 24, 25, and where Alvin's going to be at. So uh, that could be two players that I see possibly in a Broncos uniform that we love the Saints fans and when they produce at the highest level, now when they were available. That being Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara might not be part of the Saints' plans in the future. I, I don't control anything. That's yeah. just my speculation. Scott, the other yeah, thing, no, too, yeah. is, is to get this – kind of cloud of specter of Sean Payton off the organization now because you, you've lived with it for a year had Sean gone back to TV man you'd have had it around for another year and then you'd have had everybody calling in oh Sean's ready to come back to the Saints in 2024 and all this other stuff that's going to happen man uh, you know you get what you got and I think it's fair compensation, what you got. You weren't going to get a top 10 pick. Uh, and nobody else with picks after that offered you anything. So you, you took the best deal that was on the table at the particular time. And I think, to, you know, if you Dennis Allen, you don't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, yeah, you could move yeah. on. I'm glad, Sean, they go back to Fox. Come on. We need now. Yeah, we need to move forward now. Yeah, I think you're, you guys are right. And, and, you know, we all sit there and we look at what what did other coaches, I mean, two number ones for Gruden and this and that. And, and in a perfect world, it would have been great to get yeah. two number ones for Sean. But, but you weren't like you said, it. he was – no, he was happy at Fox, and I could have completely saw him going back to Fox. You lose another year of leverage 
And it's, you never know if that thing just ends up going to the end of Sean's contract and you don't get anything for him. So I think where the Saints are right now, they had to get something for him. They got a first-round pick. Now what will they parlay that into? Are they going to parlay that in? I think ultimately, guys, this whole well, trade is going to be measured by if the Saints can find a franchise. Well, well, and, correct. And, and, uh, bingo. And, and uh, uh, Scott, I want you to comment on this because we're getting a bunch of texts. And, boy, this, this piques my interest. You know, I brought up Michael Thomas. I brought up Alvin Kamara. They all are part of Sean Payton, and they're part of the Saints organization. And uh, Sean Payton kind of joked about Taysom Hill. Uh, they go, hey, guys, what about Taysom Hill? What's his future with the Saints? Because you know, like, well, what? The guy plays 20 snap- snaps. We played him um, like uh, 11 million. Yeah. Sean Payton just sent yeah. him. He just sent him my way. Uh, that, that can be. Uh, now, I, I think we need a Saints need to keep Taysom Hill. I like what he does and keeps defenses off balance. But comment on that. Yeah, I, when you were talking about Alvin before, I was thought about Alvin, but the, the guy I was thinking about the whole time was Taysom Hill yeah, because John loves Taysom. He found Taysom. He he put him in the Taysom package. Now other teams are trying to find their own Taysom Hill. So I could definitely see that happening. Like you said, we're paying him a lot of money to play 20 snaps a game. Now, those 20 snaps, he's a heck of a football player, but when right. you're $57 million over the cap and you have cap issues – and hopefully you find a quarterback that you can play the whole game. That's the thing. Yes. We as Saints fans, we don't want to do this back and forth, who's in the game, who's out of the game, wildcat package. Let's find a franchise quarterback, and then maybe the Taysom Hill loss doesn't sting as much. But right now, until you find somebody, you need Taysom Hill to do what he's been doing. Uh, one of the things, Scott, uh, I don't think we asked you this during the season, but we saw the progress of Caden Ellis uh, at the uh, linebacker position. And Caden's a guy who's played all over the board. Uh, I saw him in college where he was a pass rush guy uh, sometimes. And then he was real close to the line of scrimmage, just sort of an off linebacker. They didn't ask him to do a lot in the coverage part of the game. But you saw the overall progress with Caden Ellis this year, not only his ability to play the run, we knew he can rush the quarterback pretty well, but also he can drop back in coverage. Your thoughts on how you saw him progress from when he came into the league until what we saw this year? And we, he's he really really played well. Absolutely, he. Uh, I really think Caden is one of the most improved football players I've ever seen, from when he got drafted to the production he put on the field last year. And and that production, we wouldn't have been able to see it, you know, had Pete Werner not got injured. And what Caden did is he came in. In, in Pete's role and, and played phenomenally. I mean, stats week after week, he was always one of the leaders in the box score and something, the ability to rush the quarterback. He's got great size. So I sat there and watched Kane every single week and thought, man, this is a guy who get who, who understands it is, it is about taking advantage of my opportunity. He's going to find a team out there. I think someone's going to pay Kane. He did himself a, a, a huge service by taking advantage of those snaps he played because I think there's going to be a lot of teams that look at him as one of their two linebackers, because he showed he can he can stand there next to Demario, play in space. He played in space better than I thought he could, but he can get after the quarterback. He's a big guy, and I think there will be a three four defense for somebody out there who who looks at him as a full time starter. Now, Scott, when you look at uh, I think what's going to occur, nothing to write home about, because the NFC South was the NFC South. I mean, whenever you're not above five hundred, and you're making the postseason, uh, the question I have for you, like Tom Brady, doesn't it make sense? Because uh, what you'd be giving up, or you don't have to give up, just to bring them on board uh, because how their roster structured, to go back home and play for the 49ers. Uh, you know, you might say, oh, well, they, they just one year. So what? The 49ers and John Lynch, yeah. they're trying to win now with Shanahan. And look at their quarterback situation. He's from San Mateo. That's like Mandeville to New Orleans. So when I look at, like, Tom Brady, 
And then obviously people talk about Aaron Rodgers. You say like Jets, Dolphins, whatever. What's your take on those two guys? Because they're high profile. That being Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And then also it seems like the NFC South's wide open. No, the NFC South right now, it's a race to find a quarterback. First team that finds a quarterback, because I'm assuming Tom Brady's gone. The first team that finds a quarterback has a chance to win this division. It. It, it is a, a quarterback-starred division right now. And Tom Brady, I agree with you 100%. If the, if the San Francisco 49ers are an option for him to go home, play one year, because you're right, it, it is a win-now league. You don't think the 49ers had this window, or they still have a window, but those windows shut so fast in the NFL because of free agency and contracts and, and guys leaving and guys getting hurt. Look at the guy. Everybody thought the 49ers were the best team in the NFC. Brock Purdy gets one hit, and automatically that whole game changed. So I think if you have a chance to go out there and get a guy who's won the most Super Bowls ever – you absolutely do it. And one year, who cares? The other thing about having Brady in the building for one year is you have a young guy who can sit there and learn under him. Maybe it's Trey Lance. Maybe Trey Lance sits behind the greatest of all time and, and learns a lot, and now he takes his game to another level. So, yeah, and then Aaron Rodgers, you know, it is crazy to think that he's one year removed from a two-time MVP, and they're going to ship him out of town for Jordan Love, who's played better football, but that's a big risk, if you ask me. But at the I same agree. time, you clear a lot off the books. I mean, there's a lot of money. And, and right. a team that's going to find out what that's like is Cincinnati. They're going to pay Burrow and Chase. And eventually, you're not going to be able to have the type of talent you do at all the other positions. That's just the nature of the game. you got to win while you have guys on cheap deals. Scott, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Man, we really appreciate a lot of insight. And uh, uh, good luck to you, buddy. Hey, Are you hey, still hey, working hey, out uh, athletes, uh, Scott? Yeah, yeah, Michael Johnson performance, yep. Scott, before we let you run, uh, who's your Super Bowl pick? Uh, Because that's always intriguing, you know. uh, I don't know. Philadelphia, to me, has the best roster, right, or what? I think Philadelphia has the best roster, but, man, it's hard for me to pick against Mahomes. I think Mahomes is, is, is the difference in this game. And I think Philadelphia has not faced a great quarterback like him really all season and for a really long time, and I think Mahomes will be the difference in a good Super Bowl. Thank you, Scott. We appreciate right, it, Scott. buddy. Yep, yep. All righty. Scott Shanley, former New Orleans Saints player, was in that locker room 10 years in the NFL, also uh, LSU analyst and Saints analyst for Your View Gulf South Sports. No, he does an outstanding job. Does an awesome job. There's a lot of wisdom there. I mean, even before your your view, it was like CST and all that. Scott Shanley's been steady. Does a great job. He knows what he's talking about. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.